Welcome to episode number 24 of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. We are a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. It is finally Smash Week. It's the week of December 3rd, and my name is Daryl, and today I'm joined once again by Kevin. What's good, everybody? And Sergio. Hey, what's up, everybody? All right, so I am dying in anticipation, but... But we're going to talk about some other things that we've been playing this week, as as well as a couple listener mails, and and just have a, a nice, fun conversation as we're all uh, kind of anxiously awaiting the uh, gigantic release of of Smash Brothers. So let's just get on into it, shall we? So yes, first things first, we're going to talk about a review of a game that we actually got uh, from a man named Fred Wood. His game is called Kuso. Uh, he was nice enough to actually send us a review code, so we wanted to actually talk about it. I know, Sergio, you've been playing that. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Oh, initial thoughts are very positive. You know, it's it's a $5 game, and it's short. You can beat it in two hours or so. But other than that, like I think that's my only negative. The rest is really good. It's very similar to Vroot or BBB, BBB. What? So it's just like that. It's a really good platformer. Good challenge, really good music, very good tight controls. It's all there. It's it's really nice. And so just to go into a little more detail, you're actually kind of able to set the difficulty that you want because you're able to place like a, a spot or like a teleport location where you respawn, mm-hmm. basically, if you happen mm. to die. And if you want to, I mean, if you're crazy, <laughs> you can try to beat every stage without setting a respawn point if you wanted to. But Or you could do one every safe platform, kind of like I did. So it's up to you, the difficulty. And yeah, there's a lot of stages, and it's, it's really good. So is there like a high score that you can get, like, say if you you know, don't use those respawn points, do you get, like, a better score, or a better ending? Like, what's the catch? No, I don't believe so. That, so that's really more up to, for you to set the difficulty. You mm-hmm. know, if you want to make it harder on yourself, just set one or maybe two or maybe none. Uh, as far as, there's really no high high score. It's really more of a beat the levels or, like, a speedrunning type of thing. Mm. So I will say, based on uh, Sergio's initial talks about this game i actually went out and bought it too so i'll I'll have some thoughts in a second but but sergio i cut you off there keep going no problem so uh, as far as uh collectibles or like hidden items i only found one but that was kind of towards the end of the game and i was actually thinking there's probably none so the fact that i found one near the end hmm. kind of makes me wonder if i missed others so i probably did probably (laughs) (laughs) yeah so kind of jumped into it a a little quickly this game is called kuso k-u-s-o uh it came out just a a couple weeks ago at this point again it's developed it's one of our favorite type of games uh developed by basically one guy uh Mm. it is his second game it's the follow-up of a game called love um interesting little fact is the the name kuso in japanese that actually means crap so, I, oh, I now, initially I would say that that he's underselling his game a little bit, but it, it is kind of an affectionate uh, homage to the term kusoge, uh, which is kind of crap game, which is kind of like this. It's not actually meant as as poor quality. It's just like uh, frustratingly hard at times. And uh, honestly, I didn't like. Yes, this game is hard, and 
it is difficult to get through the levels, but like Sergio was saying with the checkpoints, uh, you can place them anywhere that's safe. So in general, you can get through these challenges eh, fairly quickly, just with a little, you know, trial and error and, and repeating. And I really enjoyed the game. Like I really did. I thought for a simple $5 game and it's it, you, like, like Sergio mentioned, it is short. It's, it's actually quite short. Uh, I thought it was very well done. Like start to finish, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, with that time frame being, yeah, like like he said, a couple hours or so. Right. The one mm-hmm. thing I do want to say is, yes, there is a high score system, and oh, it's oh, n- not necessarily go. tied to numbers. But I played through, so I, I did it twice. I played through the initial game just Kuso, and then uh, this game actually includes, I believe he said, all the levels from Love, or yes, or at least most of them. Um. That you can play, you can either play all the levels from Kuso, all the levels from Love, or a combination mm-hmm. of the two, which is something like 40, 41, 42 levels. Right. Wow. And you can play them all. So I, I did. I played uh, all the levels of Kuso, and then I played all the levels of Kuso and Love back to back. And both times I got through it once, and I got an F rating. And <laughs> I still felt <laughs> a little good about myself, you know. But there is some replay there for. Uh, what it's rating you on is how how quickly you do it, how many deaths you have, and how many checkpoints you place. So to get the highest ranks, you would have to not place very Ooh, many checkpoints, wow. if any. So <laughs> you, this is definitely one of those scalable difficulty games. Like you can make it about as hard as you on yourself as you want to. Right. So I got a question: Is it yeah. a good kind of hard? Like, are the controls really tight? Does it is it really good platforming? Because I feel like with with platformers, I mean, there's a different kind of difficulty depending on what game you're talking about. Like, it does it does it feel feel good when you jump to different platforms and stuff? So, yeah, definitely, it's very tight. It flows really well. Mm. It it's not it's the kind of challenging that it, it's not like randomized. It's all patterns. You, you mm. recognize the patterns. So basically, it's trial and error. So it it's really good. It's not unforgiving or unfair. Yeah, when you die, you definitely. <laughs> you did it to yourself like right there's really no real randomness it's it's definitely generated there are some very tricky sections where a couple of mechanics are kind of working uh simultaneously and getting through both of them is a little difficult yeah. but i'll say that none of the game felt unfair uh the controls mm. were extremely tight like i knew exactly where i was going to be the entire time also want to take a step back so if you look at this game and the presentation of it it's a very very simple looking game like the main character is you know, half a dozen or, or 10 pixels or so, you know, it's, it's not that much. <laughs> yeah. it. But I'll say in animation, the way he runs and the way the levels move and stuff, I kind of love the way this game looks in, yes. in kind of an odd odd way. It is really simplistic, but I really like ha- how it looks. And, and I can't really describe that other than, you know, watch a trailer and, and you'll kind of see what I mean. Uh, when he's running, it's like just a cool little animation and I like it. Yeah, I'm actually watching the trailer right now <laughs> on steam and it's it I, I know what you're talking about it just it just looks nice it's, you know the person moving you know jumping back and forth and between platforms i mean it's it's a pretty pleasing person to watch i would say so uh, right. yeah you know maybe i should get it too i mean for, for five dollars heck yeah i mean that's i mean it's pretty good yeah and part of the presentation too includes the music and to me that was one of the highlights of the game mm. so you know we said like there's 40 something stages each one has a different song in it and oh they're all so good there's there's a good amount of variety but there's a lot of um 
like hip hop uh, loops or beats, mm-hmm. and Whoa. they have this like crackling uh, vinyl pop sound to them. So it's really really good. And for those interested, the soundtrack is actually available on uh, Bandcamp, so you're able to download it. You sold me on hip hop. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, so definitely shout outs to Fred Wood. Uh, wanted to give this game a little bit of a spotlight because, you know, in, in the the over <laughs> the the way too many Switch games out there, uh, this one kind of just released, and I saw him posting around. He was excited about the game, and he he definitely should be. Uh, the the game is awesome, and for five bucks, uh, I would definitely recommend it to anybody who likes a challenge or you know just kind of a kind of a nail-biting platformer type game it's it's hard it's not unreasonably hard and it's just a fun time for me yeah nice. for sure that's awesome yeah so uh thanks again to fred uh really really cool guy <laughs> yeah so now we're actually going to move on to another game that uh i think all three of us actually got and have been playing in various stages and Frankly, this this game kind of blew me away uh, this year. I I had heard some really good things about it, but uh, didn't realize at all how good it actually was going to be. And of course, I am talking about the messenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, you want to kick us off on this one? Yeah, sure. So, the messenger is an action adventure platformer slash Metrovania in the second half of the game. It's a tribute to retro gaming. You know, it does, it's a really awesome platformer. I feel like it does, you know, the, the controls are, are really tight. They, it feels nice controlling the, the, you know, the main character. It's pretty much like one part Ninja Gaiden, one part Shinobi, and another part Shovel Knight, as what mm-hmm. uh, Kat Bailey from US Gamer would describe. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. so I, and I, I quote her because I think that's the best way to describe it. And, you know, so the first part of the the game is just an eight bit platformer, and you're just it's pretty much very linear. You're going through stages, and you're meeting all these different kinds of different types of characters. And at some point in the game, it becomes a Metroidvania t- type of game where you have to you know go through the stages again, but in sixteen bit. Like it, so, it's gonna be like in in the story, you travel five hundred years in the future, and then you go back and forth in between the past and the future to you know accomplish to you know accomplish the goal at hand and get these different items back and forth and uh yeah like i i think the music is pretty awesome it's it's invigorating you feel like part of the action you feel like you just want to dance a little bit but but not too much and uh but but the thing that i really love about this game not just the platforming is the dialogue um you know so oh, yeah. besides so besides the fact that you know there's that if you you know that what Corbel, that that thing, that character that comes in after you die, you know, like if you just lose, pretty much if you get to a point where you die, then it'll have this character will have some sort of like message for you. You know, sometimes it's sassy, it's funny, it's like oh, usually hey, taunting like, you, pretty taunt, yeah, usually taunting you, but it's all good and uh, doesn't get doesn't it doesn't go over the line. But then oh, no. my my favorite is actually the blue robe person. Like when you go into the store, and you know, like every time you go into a store and you want to check out some more dialogue, or excuse me, uh, you want to know more about like the story or just some sort of like any tidbits that he can give you, you know, he'll t- just talk about these stories that happen. And then, you know, I actually sent you guys screenshots of this. There was one story in particular where. 
after he finished the story, you know, the, ro- the blue robe guy was like, so there you have it. Happiness is not a goal or a state. It's a system. You optimize your environment and cherry pick the people around you so that every day you're just stoked to live your own life. And you don't need to defer any joys because you optimize the present moment. And that really spoke to me. And I, I did not even expect that because <laughs> I guess in my own life, that's what I've always tried to do. Now, I could add something to this too where like, yes, it's, you know, it's good to cherry pick the people around you that matter in your life, but it's also important that the people that you cherry pick reciprocate the same feelings, you know? And I, I think that's really important to, to have when you want to be accepted and we, when you want to feel loved and, and, and just have that friendship carry you for the rest of your life. So, you know, kudos to that. Like, the dialogue is, is great. Yeah, I think the game kind of follows. It's definitely trying to be a throwback to uh, Ninja Gaiden. And I'll say it does a really good job at it to the point that I was the the shovel knight comparison is is spot on. Like it does yeah. a really good job of throwing a lot of very similar mechanics, but also really expanding on those. Like just for instance, like if you jump in the air and you attack somebody, you know, an enemy with your sword or a lantern or something that's there, then it gives you your jump back midair. And they they I forget exactly what they call it, but basically you jump, attack, and then you can jump again. Oh. It, hmm. That alone leads to some amazing little platforming sections uh, within the game. Uh, also, they give you like this um, flying squirrel type suit, you know, like so you can actually kind of <laughs> glide around a little bit. Right. Yeah. There's a ton of upgrades that you can buy uh, with with the money that you find in the game. So, from an actual like action platforming standpoint, spot on. Really, hmm. really well done. Uh, in terms of kind of paying tribute and also innovating the the genre as it were you know Mm -hmm. and then on top of that they've got some really interesting dialogue both really funny uh at at times like there's a lot of you know wink and nods this game definitely is definitely one of those games that understands it is a video game like there are overt references to uh Ninja Gaiden and then Metroid and uh, right, yeah. other things like it's it's there but it's not it's not the cringy level of of tongue in cheek it's just kind of nice. it, it's just kind of you know I am a video game and that's that's awesome <laughs> uh, but also like like Kevin's kind of alluding to the shopkeeper character one he never lies to you and I love that because he's kind of a sarcastic character but he ne- he always tells you exactly what's going to happen uh, just kind of in a, it is kind of in a tongue in cheek way, and it's it's hilarious. He never lies. He also tells you like one of the ch- chat options with him every time you find him is tell me a story, and right. all of those stories are kind of like uh, odd twists on like standard stories. Like the, there's a, a a princess in the pea story where she's searching for the prince who can feel the the pea under all the mattresses, and then they realize that. You know, he's just too picky of a guy. And, and, and it turns, all the stories kind of turn <laughs> introspective and funny, but, you know, also kind of touching. Also, if you do, like, there's this <laughs> this uh, cabinet that's just sitting in the room. If you go try to check it, he'll tell you uh, probably 20 times if you try it with different dialogue. Hey, don't touch that. Hey, don't touch that. If, if you touch that again, I'm going to go into this long philosophical rant and honestly when it does happen the rant that he goes off onto makes it's it's awesome <laughs> like it's really cool dialogue it's really well spoken and, and such so 
like there's a lot of surprises in this game just from the characterization. I, I really ended up liking uh, all of the characters that you came across. I really liked. Uh, I'm not at all going to spoil any of the story beats. You know, we already we kind of quote unquote spoiled the the switch to the Metroidvania type game, but I'll say that was also in the initial trailer. So you know, it's not yeah. it's not really on us. But initially, the game kind of plays like a level-by-level level Ninja Gaiden, and then it opens up to where you can kind of go between the areas more. And there's kind of these these warp points where you can go go between old times and new times, and it kind of does this uh, traditional double-world, you know, puzzle-solving mm-hmm. uh, t- technique. But I'll say it's interesting because all of the stuff that you're traversing was in the levels originally. You just couldn't access it for, for various reasons. So it's mm. neat to go back through the... Uh, areas and and kind of go on. I don't know. I I I came out of this game really liking it, and I ended up just kind of binging it over a weekend, and I ended up beating it. And it's definitely. I mean, it's gonna be in the game of the year con- contention with me. It, it's way up there on my list. Wow. Hmm. So, Sergi, I know you got it. Have you played it much? No, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance. But I was so I I looked at a gameplay right. I'm. Uh, at a trailer and I, I wanted to see gameplay first and foremost and as soon as I saw it it was an instant H yes for me so <laughs> I, I downloaded it and yes I had no idea <laughs> I had no idea that it was part Metroid and that the dialogue and the story were so important to the game and it's such a big part of it so I'm even more excited man I just wish I kind of wish Smash was later but no not really Oh yeah! <laughs> Don't say no. that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Don't you put that evil out there? <laughs> oh. Well, you know, I really like the fact that Daryl, you talked about the cabinet, and I mean, it. I think it's just one of the habits as a gamer where you want to just exhaust any like remaining dialogue that the shopkeeper would give you, and you just like keep you know nudging and nudging to see what he would say, and so I think that's just something that um, I, I I think plays to nostalgia too. Like when I was a lot younger, like, I always wanted to talk to everybody, every NPC I would see mm-hmm. and see what he or she had to say. So I think it's a good uh, tribute to that. And, yeah, it's I'd say it's a highly recommended game. I, you know, was very fortunate, like, to both of you, where, you know, got it around Black Friday and, you know, this, it was a really good deal. And, I mean, even, even without the, the, the deal, like, for $20, I think it's a pretty... You know, good price for a game that gives can give a lot of joy. Uh, you could do a lot worse for twenty bucks, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, definitely go get it. The Messenger. It is an awesome game, and yeah, I, I still have to finish. I have a few things left I have to do, but yeah, I'm on my way. So, and for anybody who uh, who's a little worried about this, uh, it's honestly it's not the hardest game in the world. Like, no, no, it's not really not. Like if you think back to Ninja Gaiden, that actually is a very hard oh. game, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. This one I wouldn't I wouldn't really put at, at that level of difficulty for most of the game. It does ramp up a little bit at the end, but at that point, it's already taught you a lot about the game, so it's not like it's not intimidating to jump into. Like the first few levels are actually really simple, uh, just to kind of run through, and and they're enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. But you know, don't don't be intimidated by it trying to play homage to uh, a really hard old old game. I only had a couple negatives that kind of keep it down just a little bit. One is you do traverse the same kind of annoying areas a few times, and that 
starts grading on you at the end of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And then two, some of the controls, like it controls really, really well, but some of the just choices they made, like putting the, the glider function on the jump button, so when you jump and attack something, it gives you your jump back. So then you can't use your glider immediately. It it makes it feel like eh, I don't really know what I'm doing, and you kind of panic sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, really not a big deal. I want to emphasize I really really enjoyed the game, but that those those were the two comments I had for it. Yeah, no, uh, those are fair points. I think for me, I don't know. Like I think there's times where like when I'm in the second part where yeah, like you said in the metrovania style like I, there's just parts where i'm just like oh okay well i've been there i'm like yeah it, it it somewhat feels like routine but at the same time like i'm so happy to find those um those power seals that i'm trying to get oh sure uh, yeah. and the musical music notes and yeah i think i i, I would agree with with uh, your points on that and um yeah i don't really know what else i would say about the messenger i just i think it's an all-around good game um and yeah, definitely not that difficult and worth twenty bucks to get it. So nice, nice. So yeah, definitely, definitely recommend that. And with that, we're actually gonna jump into a larger discussion topic for for the week. And what we're gonna talk about this week is so with Smash coming out in in particular, and we just happen to be recording this on the seventeenth anniversary of of Melee releasing in the U.S. So yay. yo, that is uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So Smash, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Smash is extremely good at you being able to make up your own particular rule sets. So you know various game modes that you can make. You know with you know we're only going to play with with home run bats, and we're only going to be able to use them, and and that that's it. And it's just kind of this playground style. So we we started thinking, uh, what are some other games that we've made some self made rule sets just for whatever reason, to increase challenge or just to play it the way we want to we play. Uh, what are some rule sets that you have made up for games you're playing? And I'm going to start, I think, with Sergio. Sure. And I'm going to start with my number one series, Animal Crossing. <laughs> there you go. So... For for those uh, familiar or those that are that are not, so in Animal Crossing, you know, it's a, like a real time game. And whenever you're playing, like today is December three in real life, that's the same time in the game. But you're actually able to change it. Uh, you're you're able to change the time of the game that you're gonna be playing at each time you're playing. It's basically it's basically called time traveling, and that's pretty much uh, that's literally what it is. So there are a couple of downsides to doing that. You know, a couple of items could go bad, or some of your villagers might move away without really giving notice because you're you're time traveling. Let's say you wanted to skip ahead to a holiday or to your birthday or just to speed up how your town develops, you know, you're, you're able to do that. But like I said, there's a couple of downsides. And my personal rule, and also for our friend of the show, Chewy, and for a lot of Animal Crossing fans, it's time traveling is a big no-no. Definitely <laughs> <Whoa>. not. Because, <laughs> you know, most of us prefer to be patient. We play the game as it comes. Uh, the good stuff, it's going to come when it's here and there's always something good to look forward to, even if it's not a big holiday or, or, or a big event. So, you know, we'll get there. But yeah, I, I always remember that time traveling is a no-no for, at least for Animal Crossing fans. Fair enough. So does that, I have to imagine then that just makes things like logging in on Christmas and, and 
birthdays and things a little bit more memorable, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So do you do this for every Animal Crossing game? So ever since the first one, or is it something that you've decided to do like later on in the series? No, ever since the first one, it, you always had that option, but even, I, I think... Some of the like the initial previews for the games, they tell you of the couple of things that could be bad, and that alone like turned me off of it. And and mm. I realized, yeah, it's it's better to wait. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it kind gotcha. of a weird way. Generally, you have to change your entire system clock to make it right work. It, yeah, um, it's just reading off whatever your DS says or whatever your uh, whatever you're playing it on has said. Mm-hmm. So in order to change it, uh, it, it's a bit of a ordeal. So as soon as that occurs in a game it kind of turns me off a little bit (laughs) now an interesting workaround to that that some people do is they have two towns they have the regular real-time one and then one where they allow themselves to time travel and you know that's fine (laughs) whoa (laughs) yeah it's pretty hardcore so what are the benefits for doing that just getting the items that you need or, or what exactly yeah, getting to the more interesting days, if you will, and also speeding up how... Because the more you play, the more amenities or the more places in your town that are unlocked. So if you want to get them all faster, you could time travel. I mean, that's cool. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you know, if if given the opportunity in real life, I'd probably try t- uh, time traveling. <laughs> but, you know, that's just... You know, if if you don't want to, if you want to, you know, be be with your friends and, and, and your town and stuff, that that's good too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but tra- time traveling is such a, I mean, it's just such a universal, th- like, interesting thing to do. I mean, like, h- how can you not? But, I mean, at the same time, uh, like, it- it's, uh, I guess it's just, just depends on what you want to want to put in the game, so. I also just came up with a pitch for the, the Switch version of Anim- Animal Crossing. Oh, what would it be? Animal Crossing Days of Future Past. So, whoa, yeah, yeah. Yo, so actually, days build of future past. <laughs> build uh, build time traveling into an, a mechanic, so you can go back and meet the dinosaur villagers, and then you can go to the future and meet the <laughs> alien villagers, and then you can oh. like bring them all to your time. And oh yeah, just oh. just embrace the mechanic. <laughs> oh, very, man, I would. I would. Very anachronistic. Ooh. Bet, bet you can't get that on the Haken podcast. <laughs> oh, whoa, oh, dang. Uh, shout out to uh, Chewy. <laughs> shout out to Chewy and the Haken podcast. Uh, definitely give them a listen. They are awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> nice, man. Now I want that. I want that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After saying go. it, that, that does actually sound kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right kevin what's what's your first game you want to talk about all right y'all know what's coming call of duty no i'm just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. it's not call of duty it's uh, <sighs> i need to, i need to stop saying that but no, no but for real though um it's actually pokemon now i know what y'all thinking is it the nuzlocke mode which is a it's a nuzlocke challenge which, which means it's like a way to provide a more difficult play more difficult way to play Pokemon where, you know, for example, if a Pokemon faints, it's considered dead and you can't use it ever. But I didn't do that. I actually just, I pretty much played Pokemon, especially with the first, like, few generations where I would just pretend to, like, I'm, like, in the anime. And I don't use any potions. I don't use any, like, like you know, the X attack, X special or whatever. Mm. Like, I just... One on one, gun on gun, just like <laughs> it sounds like I don't know why it sounds like Call of Duty, but I I just 
<laughs> I go with the Pokemon I got, and you know, I just try to tough it out. Don't use any potions. Don't use any cures. If my Pokemon is paralyzed, so be it. If it's frozen, oh well. Nice. Tough bleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I did that for the first, like I said, the first several generations, and I just thought it was a great experience to you know just to play because I think if you use potions, it's kind of like a cop out. Um, and also. I never use legendary Pokemon when I play, you know, against the gyms or whatever, or Leaf Force. Just because I, I just thought it was too cheap, man. I'm like, bruh, I'm not going to use legendary Pokemon. I'm, I'm like, Ash Ketchum or, you know, Kevin Ketchum. I don't know. But anyway, so I just played as if I were a regular trainer trying to be the very best and never was. And yeah, if I got, if I caught Articuno, Moltres, or Zapdos, put them in the box. Can't use them because. I am a realistic Pokemon trainer. I'm not going to use any legendary Pokemon. So, yeah, that was just my thing. And I just thought it was a great experience. And it didn't make the game super difficult. It was just like, you know, it was a realistic challenge. And especially with red and blue, I mean, or blue in my case, because that was the version I got um, in that situation. So, yeah, I just I just love playing it that way, you know. And and you're thinking, well, Kevin, what about the potions and the, the cures that you stocked up? I'm like, well, I just sold it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> more nice. money for me. So, and, um, <laughs> oh, and no rare candies. Now, I, I did that for, there was one exception, though. I did use rare candies, but it was only for um, a Pokemon that I would never use in battle. It was part of the whole missing no sort of thing. You guys remember that back in yes, the missing yep. no? Yeah, so that was the only time I used rare candies. Other than that, no rare candies. Because that's cheap, and it just – no, just don't use them because you're you're a real Pokemon trainer, man. You know, you got to play by the rules or at least my rules. So um, I'm sure I'm not the only person who thinks – who played this way. I, I think other people did too, like as if they were Ash Ketchum or, you know. So, yeah, and then I did think about one point where I would play as a gym leader where I just, you know – use all water Pokemon, and I did at one point, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> with very mixed results, because then, I mean, especially when I play with a couple people online, I mean, they just use, like, <laughs> electric attacks all day, so I'm like, all right, I think I'm good, <laughs> but, but, uh, I do remember our homie Dragon did talk about how there are certain ways to use an all, like, one type team, and, and still be able to, you know, survive even using water pokemon you know there's ways yeah. to work around the electric attacks so with pokemon let's go eevee i'm considering doing that you know because i want to be like wallace from the what is it the elite four or he was a gym leader too so gotta be a water pokemon master <laughs> yeah because I, I love water pokemon i mean it's just one of my favorite things in pokemon so you know <laughs> That's Fair just enough. how I feel about it. Yeah, nice. so that's how I would play it. But I do understand, that, like I said before, there is the Nuzlocke mode. It is very challenging. I haven't tried it myself, but I have heard from YouTubers and are watching some of their videos and like some other people that I used to know, they play it that way, and it is super challenging and rewarding when you accomplish uh, being the Pokemon Master in, in that game. So that's my take. Nice. Uh, you know what? Just really quickly, you, you kind of inspired me because, you know, I, I'm also a big fan of Pokemon. Another thing is the shift versus set mode. Yes. Oh. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <It's> like... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so basically, you know, when you're, when you're battling, right, and you beat one of your opponent's Pokemon, if you play 
I think it's the standard, like the default mode, the game tells you, oh, your opponent is going to choose Blastoise. You want to change your Pokemon. That's that's cheating. That's not going to happen right. in real life. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but hold up, hold up, though. I mean, like, you know, Ash Ketchum, he would switch his Pokemon, I mean, at times. So I was like, all right, I guess it's not that big of a deal. But I guess <laughs> I, I, I guess in, in retrospect, you're right. It is somewhat cheating because, like, well, no, no, cheating I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the ref on this one. So okay. I would say it is cheating unless you have a psychic type Pokemon on your team who can tell oh. you what the opponent trainer is gonna do. Oh, so yo, go that, catch okay. one of them and then you can react nice. to it. Otherwise, you just gotta sit, <laughs> sit still. All right, that that's fair. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I mean, <laughs> this is genius. Yeah, it's, it's that's, all right. That that just made my uh, <laughs> shift and set. So, yeah, because then when you just when you don't switch your Pokemon, you're like a gym leader basically. And I I don't know, like I don't know if it's just me, but like it just feels good to feel like to play as if you were a gym leader. You know, I I don't know, like there's just some sort of pride, right? Like <laughs> I'm a water Pokemon master. I'm a rock type <laughs> master. I don't know stuff like that. So, <laughs> oh, and one last thing: turn off Experience Share when you can. Oh, <laughs> that's what I used to do. Oh yeah, I don't use Experience Share. Yeah, for sure, man. Good. <laughs> so it's confirmed. Sergio does not believe in growing as a team. No. <laughs> it's nice to know that after twenty-four episodes. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, everybody's got the way of playing Pokemon. Uh, I mean, it's all it's it's all love. So, <laughs> man. Anyway. Okay. Uh. So, with me, I'm I'm kind of. So I'm I'm messed up when I play games. Like when I play platformers, <laughs> I am an extreme completionist on things and I try to fight that as much as possible. So I'll I'll use like just a standard Mario game. If I'm playing uh any Mario game, let's call it uh I don't know, you know, Mario Galaxy or or or, or New Super Mario Brothers or whatever, there's always some sort of MacGuffin you're, you're supposed to get in the stages aside from the main goal. Like the main goal might be to get to the end of the stage, but also there's three star coins in there and you got to get those right. three star coins right. uh, to truly complete the level. So what I started doing and it's been healthier for me recently is when I miss one, I just miss one and that that's it. And I'll <laughs> go through the rest oh. of the game and then I'll come back to that level and then no. I will go get the, the actual things that I missed. <laughs> but what I used to do is, you know, if I saw a coin on a scrolling level and I couldn't get it or, or whatever, you know, well, off the cliff I go, you know. <laughs> and I realized pretty, pretty quickly that is uh, not, that's just kind of brute forcing the game. And I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, you know, go on, complete the game, and then come back to that level, and I can appreciate that level all over again. So uh, I am now the person who just lets things go, and it's painful every time, but but I, I do it. You, you know uh, what? I wish I had that mentality when I play Fire Emblem because I I cannot let a character. Oh, oh we're gonna I'm, we're gonna get to we're gonna oh, get to Fire Emblem. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, that's that's we're gonna we're gonna end this with Fire Emblem. Uh, oh, okay. All right. We're, we're, all right. Anyway. <laughs> and then nice man. I don't know how you do it because it's tough to because you know you missed it and, and you're you're familiar with the level already. So we're like, oh, okay, well I'm gonna try this now, but. Right. At the same time, you make a good point. You're adding more value to the game for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of cool. I, I noticed it with a uh, new Super Mario Brothers. Uh, one of the Van Gogh painted levels, uh, I actually missed something, and then I beat the game 
you know, the, the main part of the game. I came back to get that one. I'm like, man, this level is awesome, you know, all, all over again. So, <laughs> nice. you know, I think, I think it's the healthier way to do things, but it definitely is difficult in the moment. Then kind of flip the, the spectrum. So uh, in RPGs, uh, RPGs always give you some sort of permanent stat boosting items. Like, you know, this, this item grants one of your characters speed up, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I never, like, especially in RPGs, I never know which character's gonna need that at the end of the game. So I get, like, hmm. petrified about using it. So I just stockpile them. And I just, I, I, th- that's my uh, boosters ah. for the end of the game when, uh, you know, one character's really trailing or as I'm going into the final boss, I'm just like, well, guess what? I'm I'm 20 points more powerful now. Uh, <laughs> but I can't, That that's an, that's an area where I'm a little messed up and I can't bring myself to use them ahead of time because I don't, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. So th- those are a couple of my quirks. I'm going to get into a couple uh, fun Smash roll sets just for people. And but before I do that, and then we're we're probably going to end with with Fire Emblem, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Before I do that, what else do you guys have? Ooh, man. I mean, I just got the Ash Ketchum version playing Pokemon, and um, or that's what no, I cool. call it. That's cool. Yeah, and then uh, Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem was the biggest one, but I wanted to talk about that later because I was like, okay, well, you know, this is like that's going to be the grand finale. Uh, you know, I think with I, I guess it depends on the game. Like, um, you know, like even with like a game like like the first Donkey Kong Country, like I always have to get the, I have to get everything <laughs> in one run. I, everything, like. So you're okay, the opposite of me. <laughs> I, I'm the opposite. Yeah, like I gotta get the KONG, man. Yeah. KONG. I, I have to. Otherwise, I'm like. Well, fuck. no, that actually makes sense because those yeah. stack. You have to get them all in a single run. Yeah, so but anything like that, yeah, obviously you, you gotta get it. Yeah, and then I don't know, like. Um, uh, I, I guess it also depends on, uh, well, yeah, I think that's all I got for now. I mean, it's just, no, cool. I, I, I feel like it's like my, like my OCD kicking in. Like, I don't even know if I have OCD, but I mean, if I do, like, that's it. I mean, like, I got, I, I need to be per, like almost perfect or perfect. So, say, um, Sergio, you got anything else? Yeah. Um, it's a kind of a silly one, but for, so for Zelda games, when I get to a dungeon, I ask myself, do I have enough time to beat the whole dungeon in one sitting? Because that, that's kind of my thing. It, it also makes more sense because you're familiar with it as, as you're going. Mm-hmm. So if I've been playing for too long and, and, I real, and I'm, you know, I'm honest to myself and I'm thinking, nah, I should probably just save, even though I want to keep playing more. But I just kind of force myself to play the dungeons in one sitting. I don't know if you guys do that. Dude, too. I do the same thing. Yeah. Ah, nice. <laughs> I can't. So I hate it when you're like really deep in a dungeon and you like save and restart or whatever, and you start back at the beginning of the dungeon. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just, uh, you just got to finish it. I mean, it just this... breaks the flow so poorly. Like I hate that. So yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same way. <laughs> I, I, I am too. Like it's meant, it's mentally, it's like a mental thing as well. Cause like once you finish the dungeon and you go out to the outside, it's like, oh, like you can see the sunshine or the, <laughs> Like, well, yeah, there's a there's a sense of accomplishment when you've just right. kind of run run a dungeon, right? And it helps that all of the dungeons are kind of like the the standard Zelda dungeon is like built on itself. It's like little challenge, medium challenge, hard challenge, all built around kind of the same mechanics. Yeah, right. yep. and if you break mm-hmm. that in the middle, it just kills it. It just <laughs> it's dead. Don't do that. Don't just no. just do it in one <laughs> shot. Just yeah, there we go. 
Nice. And going back to, like you said, for Smash Brothers, I, I kind of have one too. So uh, this kind of, yeah, this actually started on Smash Brothers for the Wii U, I guess, because this is the one that I played online the most. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it's most, it's most it only applies when I'm fighting one-on-one. And if something weird happens kind of early on in the match and my opponent self-destructs like on accident or... There are times when you can tell that something happened because of lag or a bad connection. Usually, I prefer to self-destruct myself and kind of even things out. If if I can tell that it was definitely an honest mistake, you know. Mm. Uh, one time, if you guys remember, the game had bracket tournaments. And mm-hmm. I played one with 64 players. And I made it to the final. I was fighting a Link. And very early on, he did a downstab into Oblivion uh, <laughs> on accident, and he killed himself. And I said, you know what? I don't want to win like this. I'm, I'm going to self-destruct. And we went on, and I ended up losing. But, oh, no. <laughs> but I felt like I did the right thing, though. You know what? That's actually called a homie stock. Yeah, that's Smash. a homie yeah. stock. That's a homie stock. Ah. You know, respect <laughs> to you. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I mean, even though you lost that game, I mean, like, you, it, it, respect. That's, that's it. <laughs> and you know what's super funny though so i was i was as i was typing these notes i realized that i don't do the homie stuck with my homie danny <laughs> oh. <laughs> i don't know Yo. why but i'm Yo. probably not going to <laughs> that's oh, awesome man and, uh, no you mercy. know what no mercy <laughs> and speaking of that um i do have one well i do have one game in particular that i just go all out for and have my own set of rules in terms of like the team that I use against. Um, so in FIFA, especially back in FIFA 11, you know, a lot of the online players, they would use like five-star teams all the time. But mm-hmm. for me, I always try to use like three-star teams or three-and-a-half-star yeah. teams just to, you know, just to show like, hey, like, yo, you're going against a like a lower tier team, how and if you lose, how are you going <laughs> to feel about that? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I, and, and like, Obviously, the person can't hear me from the other side, but I was just like, you know, like just really <laughs> put myself up. Like, yo, no mercy. I'm ready to go. You know LA, I mean? LA Galaxy versus the world. Yeah, exactly. I actually, you know, that's actually a good point. That's actually very accurate. I use yep. LA Galaxy a lot, and I would go against teams like Barcelona, Arsenal, Manchester <laughs> United, and, you know, I, I got my, you know, I got my fair share of wins and some, some losses, but when you get those... Two to yeah. two one wins or one zero wins, like oh my gosh, or even like nice. three zero, like the opponent just Seven, like zero. rage, yeah, or just rage quits like in the middle. I'm like hell yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> take it back with you. It's over because I'm the new sheriff in town <laughs> nice. and I feel great. So um, it's just nice because it's a nice challenge. You get to you know, uh, I I think it makes you play better too because then you're you're a lot more conservative in certain parts of the game. You know you. You don't have your star players, but you're able to be more cohesive and figure out like, okay, well, I don't have the same high like high stat characters or excuse me, players as the opponent does, but hey, like I'm just gonna work with what I have and and do the and just uh take advantage of any sort of strategies I can employ because not everybody can use five star teams well. So, you know, that's, Very that's nice. all I got. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. Okay. So it's yes. time for some Smash Brothers rule sets. Hot off the presses, just for you. Yes. These are some fun little rule sets and games you can play. First of all, don't know who posted this. I'm sorry. I'm stealing this off Reddit. Uh, One of my favorite new ones is called Don't Hit Isabel. 
and oh. what it is you put it on so however many players you have uh let's say you have four people playing you put it on five person smash and you put isabel a level one computer isabel uh as the fifth player and the other four you know the four actual players just fight each other like normal the catch here though is since as isabel is so adorable if anybody hits her at any point in the the match they have to self-destruct Wow, that is pretty interesting. We should there, try there, that. There you go. That's that's my favorite new one for Ultimate. Nice. A couple I really liked, even going back from Melee, and they're still fun. Uh, so on Hyrule Temple, uh, Hyrule Temple has this little like underground cave area near the bottom that leads to some crazy uh, caroms and and rebounds and yeah. stuff all in yeah. there. So in this mode, it is a four player free for all. Everybody plays Captain Falcon, and everybody goes down to that little cave area and just fights like normal. But you can't leave that cave area. If you get knocked out of it, you got to get back there as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And then the winner of the game, whoever that is, then switches to Ganondorf, who is very similar to Captain Falcon, but a little slower. And, and same thing, you just keep doing that with... Uh, if you get some good players doing that, it is... I, I can't even give it justice. It's hilarious because you've got people <laughs> flying and bouncing around everywhere. It's utter mayhem and exactly what Smash Brothers is supposed to be. So nice. There's another one. Uh let's let's see another one. Oh, okay. Go on go on Corneria. So you're you're standing on the back of the Great Fox. Hmm. And Ooh. the Great Fox has a little like lower tail area on the right side in that stage, and it's it's just like kind of cramped but kind of perfect for a one-on-one so you again it's you set it up as a four-player free-for-all and two people stand on up on the upper uh upper wing you know fin area and then two people go down in the tail and those two people down in the tail area battle it out and they just fight and if either of them gets sent over to the rest of the the stage the two people who are up on the main stage are it's kind of like a, a lumberjack match in wrestling. They're forced to get it back, get that player back to the tail. And then it just works out. Uh, whoever dies down there, then the, the first person up uh, that's in the rest of the stage just jumps down there and continues the battle until it, nice. you call that the gauntlet. And Whoa. it's until, until one person is left standing. By the way, when the game releases, I will play any of these modes with you. They are all hilarious. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm down. Sign me up. <laughs> And then, and then, basically, just some standard uh, items rule sets. So realizing that items are actually kind of fun for sometimes that you don't really want to take it too seriously, right? Um, you know, there's the the classic of all bob bombs on very high. That's excellent. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, there's also my favorite rule set. If you're actually going to play somewhat seriously with items, is the number of players you have. Each person picks one item. So you can pick oh, to turn on hammer or home run bat or hearts or whatever you want. But then uh, it's not just the utter insanity of Smash Brothers. It's a little right. more uh, driven, a little more strategic. It's a lot of fun. I actually played some tournaments in that. And it, it free-for-all matches Whoa. with items, and it's fun. It, like, it seriously is. Nice. I didn't know there were tournaments for that. That's, I've never played that mode before where, you, where each person can choose an item. I mean, we definitely should try that. Yeah, so... You know, Smash Brothers was kind of the 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 reasoning for this type of topic, so I definitely wanted to throw those out there. You guys have any like uh, special Smash Bros. rule sets you've ever played with, or or want to add on to? 
Honestly, not really. It's just, for me, it was just a lot of, like, all items or just no items. And usually it's no items because we're, you know, very yeah. competitive. So, um, but I think the things that you were talking about were pretty creative. We did try the whole, you know, going to that area in, uh, under Hyrule Castle, but we didn't use Captain Falcon. We just basically just said, hey, everyone go down there and, <laughs> you know, we're just going to fight it out, okay? And if you die, you have to go right back. <laughs> so... Just things like that. So, but I, I really do like the idea of what you said about the, you know, each character, each person gets to choose an item and and have that in a tournament format. I mean, I, I'm, I'm down to try that. So uh, it's still a yeah. little crazy and it's still a little random for an actual like money on the line type yeah, thing. Yeah, but it is a lot sure. of fun if you get, uh, four people just looking out to have fun and you don't want like all of the, you know, however many items there are in the game. Right. We're, we're exactly, in the dozens yeah. easily. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. You know, you know, just limit them a little bit so that you know that you're only going to have uh, bob bombs and star rods and uh, death scythe, because why not, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, one of my favorite items, even in Smash 64, was the lightsaber. Um, yep. Yeah, that yeah. was like, I mean, that was just classic. Like, like you can never go wrong with that. Um, but yeah. Um, Sergio, you have anything? Well, uh, one of our listeners, Sonic King nine one seven, he is a fan of uh, it's like a tag team mode kind of. So basically, you play in the boxing ring and you play two versus two in teams, <laughs> but only uh, one of each is in the middle, and you know you're fighting. And if you decide to take a break, you go on the side of the stage and you taunt, and that tells your partner to go ahead and take your place. <laughs> That's um, wonderful. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's really fun actually. Like it was a lot of fun when we were playing that. That's awesome. But, we got. I mean, yeah. daily reminder that Smash is a fun game regardless of of your level. So uh, I know a lot of people out there are kind of feeling intimidated by this game because it's so huge and so competitive and and awesome. But you know, definitely just reach it on your own level. Make your own fun rule sets. Please share them with us. I'd love to try them out with anybody. Uh, let's be a little creative and all. You know, also have some serious one on ones and and things like that. But uh, the more creativity and the more fun we can make this game, the better, in in my opinion. So let's try for that. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you saying that because, uh, especially with, you know, our Discord community, we want to foster that environment of being, and I think Dragon described it perfectly, casually competitive, but, you know, still have fun. I mean, it, it's important to, you know, be able to um, give each other the support and not feel like, you know, like, oh, I'm not good enough. You are good enough because, at the end of the day, you know, we're all just trying to, you know, have fun and get better at a game that we want to get better at. So, um, especially with our Discord community, I, I think uh, we're going to definitely just make sure that everyone is comfortable and, hope and, and you know, have a little fire, obviously, you know, a little, a little bit of a competitive spirit, I think, in each of us would be great. So, you know, I know I'm going to be revving the go, but at the same time, try to make sure that, you know, everybody uh, is energized, too. So, yep. yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, with that, it's time for Fire Emblem. So, guys, <laughs> how do you play Fire Emblem? Yo, yo, it's only one way. <laughs> There's only one way to play. <laughs> Permadeath. I mean, well, okay. Permadeath, but if you... Basically, if you lose a character in in the level, you gotta start over. You can't, it doesn't yeah. matter. Even if you're about to win the, the round, like, you, you gotta start <laughs> over. Like, there's no exceptions, okay? Especially in the latter games, like Fire Emblem Conquest. Like, 
I want I want to ship certain people, you know what I mean? Like I got I need all the dialogue I can get, so I gotta have everyone survive. But oh my god, I let one slip. Like I forgot the character's name, but um, <laughs> there was one level in the they game. They were lost where, to history. <laughs> yeah, basically, like there was one level where I I would constantly play like I think at least forty times. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Every time, and then like the second to last round before I beat the level, uh, I just lost a lot. I think it was like a ninja or something. I was like, I was like, ah, <laughs> dang it! And then like I was telling my house, I was like, yo, dude, I gotta start over. And they're like, really? You've been playing this for hours. I'm like, alright, I'll just let it go. And then I realized later on that oh, that person had some special dialogue that I can oh, get a no. special character. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to get mad anymore. Like I'm good. Like this is this is like, <laughs> and not I'm not like not like Call of Duty mad. Just like more like irritated. Like oh gosh, like that's why I gotta play perfect. I mean perfect to the point where, you know, if you lose a character, you can't lose any characters, man. You cannot lose any characters because that is Fire Emblem. But in real life, I mean, come on, like, you can't, you just can't play <laughs> life like this. So anyway, what about you, Serge? Same thing. I do the <laughs> the homemade permadeath. <laughs> so I pick casual, but whenever I lose anyone, I restart. Except that one time in Awakening, I let some archer die. I don't even no. remember the name. <laughs> and they it were lost to history. Yeah, it wasn't even history. it wasn't even that late in the game. It was like towards the middle. But no. I'm like, ah, uh, fine. I don't yeah. even know that person. <laughs> But you could have known known him or her. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. right. Oh my god, you're uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, gotta restart. Uh, gotta restart. <laughs> no, I am. I'm the filthy casual here, and I just oh. i I literally play it on casual. And if I lose somebody, you know, if I lose like a lot of people, fine, I'll I'll restart. You know, just to <laughs> obviously, I did not win this map, right? <laughs> but uh, if I lose somebody to something stupid, I'm just yeah, I just move on, and they come back next round. And I understand uh, all the all the hardcore Fire Emblem people are rolling their eyes at me right now. And so, with that mm. said, I'm going to make you guys a vow right here, right now. Oh, Fire Emblem Three Houses is coming out next year. When it comes out next year, I am doing actual classic mode. Like, actual, no restart, move forward, accept consequences, I'm doing it. Oh. Oh, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to do it too. I, I, I'm i tired of being stressed out of this I'm, game. <laughs> like, I'm doing it. Well, I, I have a feeling it's going to make it more stressful. <laughs> but, yeah. but You know, but I, I feel like your way, I mean, the way that you're describing it, I mean, it, because then, like, I don't want to spend, like, hours just playing one single level no. all the time i mean i feel like you know it's just like real life like if you make a mistake and you you know you lose a character or i guess in real life if you make a mistake you gotta be able to live with it and be able to own up to it and just move on so and okay the games are honestly balanced for that like you get a yeah. lot of characters way more than you can ever use and there's a lot yes. of like repeating yeah. character types that you never ever use that go on your bench and just sit there uh so the game is balanced for you to actually move through it and be losing some characters here and there, as sad as that is to say. Uh, yeah. But no, we no. I'm I'm all in uh, this this next time. I'm I'm all in on the emotional journey that is Fire Emblem. <laughs> all right. I, nice. I'm I'm gonna say that right now. I'm I'm gonna make the same vow. I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, I I'm gonna do it because I I'm tired 
of just, like I said, like, I don't want to play the same level over and over again. That really killed my experience in the Conquest, because there were just uh, there's certain levels where I just played over and over and over, so. Um, but, but after I'm done with one playthrough, I do want to try to do... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you do the optim- yeah. the, the yeah. optimizing playthrough, and you actually see right. how many stupid characters you can make and that, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, but no, the, I think I think my first playthrough is going to be this just get through the game and, and see how it goes type thing. And hopefully my entire army doesn't get slaughtered. <laughs> yeah, no. Right. Um, we got to knock on wood. Um, Sergio, do you want to join the, <laughs> join the camp? <laughs> Take the jump valve, man. Uh, okay, let's do it. Yes! <laughs> oh, three out of three. Man, that's and if any of our team. listeners want to take the jump valve with with us, what's wrong with you people? That's not the right way to play this game. Anyways, uh, no, that, it's what we're doing. It's oh, what we're doing. We're doing. We're doing. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing. and hope you know. Hopefully, there's just uh, ways to kind of grind if we feel like we need to, because I know one of the uh, the conquest games, uh, one of the fates games. I'm sorry, it didn't really have that no, unless conquest you bought had DLC. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think Birthright was the one where you can actually grind at a certain spots. Yeah. 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 Conquest is just like straight up like brutal. Like, oh man. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was it it was hard and it was wonderful for it. Uh mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. uh I my I I brought this up this topic up with my, my wife who reminded me that she used to play Pikmin it, it, with the Fire Emblem mindset of if you lose a oh. Pikmin, <laughs> one Pikmin <laughs> dies, you restart. And honestly, Man, uh, I can't remember if she actually beat the game or not, but she got super far in it, like, oh, wow. like impressively far without That's losing a single one. So very wow. awesome. That's really man. awesome. Yeah, I mean, and that was that was Pikmin three. Whoa. But man, man, she'd get frustrated, like just like one of them would run off into the water or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, I gotta restart. <laughs> like, oh man. Uh, anyway, so that that's that's the hardest of core right there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, permadeath Pikmin. Permadeath Pikmin. Perm- yeah, yeah, that's not that's not the way P-P. to go. And yeah. speaking of replenishment, I mean, you get millions of those things, but hey. Mm-hmm. But they're they you know they're precious and they make terrible little noises when they die. So I understand what she's doing. Um, okay, so where we are right now, I think we're gonna go to one listener mail uh, for this week and then save the other one for later. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I'm going to jump to uh, mail from Shy Guy, who said, In the Get Good episode, everyone universally agrees you have to put a lot of time practicing. Uh, so if you have less time than most, is it best to just accept you'll be second rate? Ouch. Oh, I mean, you know what? Can I start? So I, I mean... I'm just going to answer it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm just going to say it right now. Just accept and... it. Just <laughs> well, no, I. I this, this is tough. This is tough because, like, as a competitor, you don't want to accept that you're second rate because then you you're capping yourself at a point where you can never be number one. But at the same time, though, with your career and you know, if you have a family uh, and just other priorities in your life, like you gotta you gotta think realistically. Um, how much time can you spend on playing competitively and? I'm not saying sell a second, settle a second rate, but just have like, and I'm gonna get back to this. Have these little goals that you set for yourself, so that you don't feel as bad when you lose. Because you know we have careers, we have families, we have you know priorities in our lives to to handle every day. I think that you should set small goals for yourself, so that when 
you know, when you do lose, you don't feel as bad because at least you did, you know, the little things that you set yourself to do. Um, I'm not saying like, you know, set, says that you're the number one player in the world. Like in Mario Tennis Aces, like I made a commitment to get to at least the 2500 rating um, consistently in both standard and simple in singles, and which I did. And, you know, it's, I, I feel like that gives me enough satisfaction to hold me over and not just feel like oh like oh well i'm not number one so i don't feel as great or oh, i'm not in the top 100 in the world like i think it's really the, you have to manage your expectations and i think that that's the best way to to handle it besides thinking that you're second rate because i just hate that thought you know because you're not second rate you are if you do put in the time and effort you can be a good player obviously you don't have all the time in the world but Hey, at least like there are just certain like little small victories that you can get that you can talk about that you can talk about and just be proud of it. So I I don't accept it. Do not accept it. Right, right. I think the the key here is that second rate is the the key term. The uh, I would say that the wrong part of the question here because you know even first rate they even lose uh, once in a while. So yeah, like exactly. you said, depending on how much time you're willing or you have. Or, or, or even if you have the time, but you're just you're good enough with what you put in at the moment, that's good enough. And, and I think it comes back to the mindset. So uh, my example is I stopped playing Splatoon 2 for Rocket League. <laughs> I kind of switched <laughs> over. And, but, but I still play Splatoon 2, and, and my goal is to do my best and to have fun, and I do that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of am 50-50 with wins and losses, but that's fine. I play to have fun, and you can always have a different mindset. Like, if I put in less time, what can I do? What can I focus on? What's better for me to do? How am I going to get the most out of the time that I'm putting in? It's not being second rate. It's just having a different mindset and having a different approach from somebody that has more free time or is willing to put more free time into whatever game you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so regardless of where you are in your life, you are probably not going to get, dedicate the time that somebody else is going to dedicate to this game. And right. whatever the game is, that's almost universally true. Like, you're just not... Right. You're not going to do that, right? There are people who are going to play Rocket League or smash or splatoon or something for nine hours a day seven days a week and most of us just can't do that kind of thing you know so yeah that said uh it, you know definitely set your goal and set what you want to be like if you want if your goal is to be the number one player in a game in in the world I mean, good luck. <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that that is a very, very, very high goal and is probably going to be extremely difficult, to put it lightly. Uh, if your goal is to be a competitive player, like, for example, Rocket League has tiers, so this is pretty easy. If your goal is to be a consistent platinum player, you can be a consistent platinum player playing, uh, you know, a few hours a week. You know, you don't have to devote... A crazy amount of time to it yes it may take you a little longer to actually get there uh, but you can still actually become a good player as long as you are practicing the correct ways which is what we were trying to get into with the uh the get good podcast a lot of people kind of miss that and so you know you have this other person just dumping hours and hours and hours and hours time into it if you practice smarter than that person you may progress at the exact same rate as them yeah. which <laughs> You know, if I'm in their shoes, I'm a little frustrated by that. But that's just 
that that's what it is. So definitely set your goals, understand how to get better, how to, what you want to be, what you know you need to work on, and then work on those things. And, you know, if you, if you're in a situation where you have a a good family life and, and you have a life outside of video games that you actually uh, enjoy spending time in, I mean, dude, congrats. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like embrace that and, and don't feel too bad about progressing maybe a little slower than, you know, certain people who may not have those, you know, out, outside things as much. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause in the end, it's just a game and you don't want to have the game dictate the way you, you know, f- like just dictate your life. And like, if you were to lose like a, like a competitive match and then you just let your day be ruined by that like don't let it do that like um i've had days like that before when i got super competitive especially oh, sure. over fifa <laughs> um or you know even pokemon at times it, it's it's just you know in the very end like you have you have your friends and family outside of the game and they're gonna be there for you no matter what, and regardless if you win or lose, like you're still the same person, and you shouldn't be different because of a game, because of an outcome of a match. Um, yeah. So bullet bullet point list the too long didn't listen uh, version of this. Uh, no, you don't have to accept being second rate. You can actually improve, and if you practice the right way, you can actually improve at a better rate than a lot of people around you, which uh, will kind of mm-hmm. offset the timing differences. Uh, two don't take it way too seriously. Like understand that if you do have enough of a life to kind of take you out of gaming, that's probably a good thing. So, you know, take it as, as that and just accept where you are three. Yeah. Accept where you are, accept where you want to be and just figure out how to work to get there. Um, and that, that's kind of universal advice for gaming and, and, and everything else actually. Like if there is an end goal, figure out how to get there and then set your plan out and just, accomplish it don't don't think too much about oh, i'm not as good as xyz you know it, who cares yeah. Hon- honestly i mean it's it's fun to be competitive it's fun to be a good player you know and and actually be competitive i'll say in the case of of shy guy who actually asked the question dude he is competitive in a couple of games that i play with him so um i don't i don't think you have anything to worry about man I'm gonna tell you right now, shy guy, you're pretty good at Rocket League. So I you and know, Mario just, Kart and Mario Kart. Well, oh I, yeah, I want to see him. Uh, I want to play uh, shy guy in Mario Kart one of these days because I heard he's really good. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like about shy guy, I've seen him like just improve like over like this this year. Even when I haven't played as much Rocket League, just seeing his highlights on Twitter, and I'm like, yo, this guy is the real deal. Like, holy shoot, like. I mean, and and for all the talking about not having all that much time, dude, he's improved like crazy in a hurry. Yeah. Too, so. Anyways, I, I, anyways, yeah. <laughs> anyways. But... No, in in you know one final cl- uh, closing thought is that you might not win all the time, but if you're having more fun than the person that keeps winning, to me that's a real win. Hey, yeah, can't argue Just with rem- that. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember, you don't want to win to have fun. You don't want to win to have fun. You just want to have fun and hopefully yeah. win. <laughs> yeah. and, and if you if you stop having fun trying to win, then stop playing the game at least for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe maybe a week or 
two days. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Then that's going to do it for episode number 24 of the Nintendo Jump podcast. If you do like the podcast, please let us know. Uh, you can write us at uh, nintendojumppodcast at gmail.com with anything that uh, you think about the show or any topics you want us to discuss. Uh, you can also please leave a review at your favorite podcast app. Uh, we really, really could use reviews to get out there and, and get more people listening. So as you can, that really does help us. If you want to actually chat with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Nintendo Jump. We also have a Discord, which is actually very active now. Uh, so the Discord link will be in the show notes. Uh, we'd love to have you in there because we got a lot of really cool people talking. It's a friendly environment and a lot of people who want to play games together. So it, it's been a lot of fun for me personally. Uh, we also have a face group, Facebook group. So if you prefer the Book of Faces, uh, you definitely join us over there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially the Discord group, especially when Smash is coming out. Like you're gonna have, you're yeah. always gonna have someone to play with, and I think it's just very important to, uh, to note. And you know, er, like pretty much everybody's super friendly, and we're just there to have fun and uh, get good together. So. Yeah, and we've started doing things like Mario Kart Mondays, which we're missing right now, uh, and and other yeah. things that have actually gotten a lot of activity. Like we had, you know, a full set of racers last week, so it, it, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, but with that, we're actually going to jump on out of here. Once again, this is Daryl, and for Kevin and Sergio, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you.